Hello, everybody. My name is Bill Kiefer, and I want to welcome you to our podcast, Practical Wisdom from the Word of God. I believe the Bible is a book that God gave to us that's full of insights, wisdom, promises, and many other things that help us live daily life. So join me for the next few minutes as we look into the Word of God to find that practical wisdom we need today. Amen. Well, welcome uh, today to this new thing that we're doing, this podcast. We really believe that God wants to do something wonderful in your life today, and we're looking forward to what God is going to say to us and how God is going to speak into our lives and change something. Uh, As we say in the opening, I'm really committed to this idea that the Word of God is a practical book full of practical wisdom, things that we can use to deal with and face the problems that we face in life. And so um, we're going to get into some things. Let me just share just a little bit about us and where we come from, what we're doing. My name is Bill Kiefer. I pastored for more than 40 years, started three churches, the last church. My uh, middle son is now pastoring, and um, my wife and I now together are traveling around the world. We're dealing with pastors and leaders primarily, uh, also doing some teaching in in, uh, Bible school in uh, the Rocky Mount, North Carolina, Blue Ridge Chapel School of the Prophets, and so dealing with uh, churches and and just speaking into people's lives, sharing the the things that we picked up in 50 years of serving God, 40 years of ministry. We believe that God's called us now to bring some of those things to other people. Uh, Today we're going to start something new. Now, for those who may know, we also have... uh, uh, a blog that we've been doing now since 2009. Some of you follow that blog, and we'll be posting that along with the podcast. They'll kind of work together, uh, but you can find that on WordPress. We'll get the the information to you uh, in, I think, uh, being able to write it somewhere on the on the uh, as we do the notes for this. Uh, excuse me, uh, this is totally new to me. Uh, I'm here in a room talking to people that I don't know who you are, but I just believe that God is going to draw some uh, to hear what we have to say. Uh, we're going to start talking today about a thought, an idea that uh, I think we need to grab hold of because of when we live. And that is the idea that Jesus has overcome the world. And what does it take? What kind of faith do we need to overcome the world? And we're going to talk about some principles, some things that we can apply in our lives. Today I want to start in uh, John chapter 16, beginning in verse 31. Now, uh, to just kind of preface what we're going to talk about today... John chapter 16 is a very interesting chapter. He, 16, 15, 16, 17, 18, uh, 17 in particular, are uh, the last addresses that he gave to his disciples. And in chapter 16, he's telling them some very difficult things. He says to them in the very beginning, persecution's coming. I mean, there, there are some tough times coming for you, and I'm telling you about it, so that when they come, you'll remember that I told you about it, and that has to indicate to them and to us that he's in control of that situation. So in John chapter 16, 1 through 4, he talks about that. Then he begins to tell them that he's going to be going away, that, uh, that uh, he, he can't stay anymore. He's fulfilled what he's called, been called to do on the earth, and in a very short time, he's going to finish that, and he's going to be going away. But then he tells them that another comforter is coming. He's sending another helper to them to help them deal with what they're going to have to face, uh, and that other comfort, of course, is the Holy Spirit of God. Now, I've always thought about this. Here, Jesus, who is God manifest in the flesh, 
tells you he's leaving, but he's sending you somewhere, someone else. I, I have to think that those people had to kind of wonder, gee, you know, we had Jesus. Is anything else going to be as good as that? But he says that it will be, and he assures them that there are certain things that are going to be better. He says uh, when the Spirit of truth comes, he's going to reveal to you things. He's going to show you things to come. He's going to reveal to you or explain to you or give you insight into the things that I said. He said that there's going to be a new level of prayer that's going to be available to you because this comforter comes. Uh, and that he says, you won't have to ask me anymore, but you can go to the Father yourself because he loves you. All of those are powerful things. That said, there's still, this is tough. These are things he's saying to them. In verse 16, he says, a little while and you won't see me anymore. And he talks to them about the fact that there will be sorrow. You're going to be sorrowful for a while, but it's only for a while. And then in verse, uh, getting down to where we want to look at today, verse uh, 29 his disciples said to him, and, and just before that, let me let me back up just a little bit. Just before that, he says to them some plain things. He talks to them about prayer, and he tells them he's going to the Father, uh, and he has to go back. He came from the Father. He has to go back. And in 29, I love this, 29 says, His disciples said to him, See, now you are speaking plainly and using no figure of speech. Now we are sure that you know all things, and you have... And have no need that anyone should question you. By this we believe that you came forth from God. And I just got I've just got a chuckle in my heart because I think of how many times I said about my relationship with the Lord, about things in life. That's it. I've got it now. Thank you, Jesus. I've got it. And I just can see Jesus looking at these guys and shaking and kind of shaking his head and going. Uh, no, in verse 31, it comes out this way. He's, Jesus answered them, do you now believe? Indeed, the hour is coming, yes, has now come, that you will be scattered, each to his own, and will leave me alone, and yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. Just when we think we've got it figured out, that's when sometimes things happen that want to prove to us that we don't. I, I think about this last year and, and when uh, the, in 2019 and we were coming to the end of, of 2019, God was beginning to deal with me. And when I went to Africa in 2019, God spoke to me and said, I want you to teach on spiritual warfare. Now, most of you probably have not been to Africa. Maybe some of you are listening who are some of my African friends. Uh, but uh, Africans know how to do spiritual warfare. They know how to pray. Uh, sometimes uh, they kind of put us to shame in their commitment to prayer and their commitment to, to warring in that dimension. But there are other dimensions of spiritual warfare. And uh, even though I felt, you know, why am I t t trying to teach this to these people who probably know it better than I do? God would not let me away from it. I had to get into this idea of spiritual warfare. So I talked about a lot of things, David and Goliath and, and, and other dimensions of how to do spiritual warfare and the necessity and uh, foundation scripture was First uh, Peter chapter 5, verse 8, where Peter says to us, not just to, the, to those people back then, but to us, you have an adversary, the devil, who goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And then he says some other things that kind of put all that into perspective. But I want us to remember, 
Sometimes I feel like in the church today, it's not all that popular to think this way, but we have an adversary. His name is the devil, and he's out to destroy God's people. Not just God's people. He's really out to control humanity, their destiny, their their today, their tomorrow. He wants to take them to the place that was prepared for him after death. And uh, so... I I couldn't get away from this thought that we have to be aware of that. Well, 2020 comes. I had no idea. I knew that because we were beginning a new decade, that that something was going to be happening in 2020. I had no idea what it might be. But uh, we all know what happened in 2020, from pandemics to riots to elections that uh, you may like or you may dislike, but it was contentious. Uh, to the things that even up to today that are going on right now. Uh, I don't know about wherever you may live, but I know in the United States, things are not really looking very good. And uh, so it's it's like what he said to these people. You know, he said, uh, things are going to happen, and you're going you're gonna to be going through some things that you don't want to be going through. And that's how I feel today. I thought I had it. I really thought there was that I had seen everything. I'm 67 years old. Um, I I thought I'd I'd kind of been through a bunch of stuff. We built three churches. Anybody that's ever built a church knows that that's not something that's terribly easy to do. Uh, And uh, just lived life, raised six children. Thank God they're all serving God. Uh, Raised uh, or or have been uh, have 17 grandchildren. Haven't raised them, but we're participating in that. And so far they're doing okay. And, uh, you know, we've stood uh, for finances. We've done things in the world that there's no way we should have been able to do with the size church that we had. And lots of other things that uh, we could talk about. I thought I kind of had it figured out. But when that 2020 came and all the things that happened in 2020, I felt like the disciples must have felt after Jesus was crucified, raised from the dead. And in that period where between uh, the resurrection and Pentecost, when everything was just changing. And that's the way I feel, you know. I thought I had it. But uh, the things that have happened to all of us, I'm sure many of you out there listening to this would say the same thing. It's shaken your faith. It's it's kind of called you to question some things you thought you had figured out. Maybe you didn't. Uh, now you're not so sure you had them figured out. But I want to bring our attention to verse 33. And this is the foundation verse that we're going to be looking at for a while. I don't know how long. I'm still figuring this thing out, so I don't even know how often this is going to happen. Hopefully uh, a number of times during the week at least. But in John 16.33, he says this, These things have I spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. How in the world can you have peace? What had he just spoken to them? Well, all of the things in 16, the, the comforter, the fact that he's going away, but he's preparing a place, uh, the, the, the truths about prayer that are in there. Read that whole chapter. Uh, but what he's just said to them, it doesn't sound really good. You're going to be scattered. You're going to question everything. Uh, you're going to feel alone. But you won't be alone, just like I'm not alone. And that's that's part of the message that he's saying to them, even though it's not exactly what he said. Uh, and But in verse 33, he says, I've, I've told you this so you can have peace. How in the world could they have peace when all of these things were happening? And I want to say the same thing to you. Jesus is saying this to us today. 
practical wisdom. This is today wisdom. This isn't something that was for his day alone. He's speaking it to all of us. And when we see uh, a time like this, or, you know, maybe it's just something more personal in your life where it looks like literally all hell is breaking loose around you. Jesus says to you, I, t- I told you about it. It's happening. Uh, you can't ignore it. You can't run away from it. You can't pretend it isn't so. But I'm telling you this because in me, you can have peace. There's peace in what I'm telling you. And then he goes on to say, in the world, you will have tribulation. Uh, and I want to stop there because there's a couple of things in that that actually, actually can help us have peace in this situation. Jesus says to them, in the world, you will have tribulation. Many times our reaction to tribulation, trouble, and that, that word is translated in a number of different ways, troubled, pressure, uh, anxiety, all kinds of things like that. And sometimes when those things happen in our lives, we react in a couple of ways. We may react uh, in terms of blaming someone else. That's, that's really common. We all do it. Uh, it's because of my husband, because of my wife, because of my job, because of the politicians. That's a popular one today. Because of my neighbor, somebody around me. Somebody's out to get me. Well, somebody is out to get you. His name is the devil. But I want to assure you of one thing. People are not our problem. Paul said in the book of Ephesians chapter 6 that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against the powers, principalities, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places, all those things that make up that thing Peter called our adversary. So our problem is not people. Our problem is not somebody else. It is really not productive for us to try and cast blame on others for the things we're, we're going through. Uh, others may be used of the devil. Others may be a factor, but the solution is not in blaming others. And so what we see here is it, it has nothing to do with others. He says, in the world, you will have tribulation. That's not a promise any of us really want to grab hold of, but it's there. That's what he said to them. Why is that important? Because it has nothing to do with who's against you. And the other thing that we fall into is I must not be worthy. I must be so bad that these things things happen in my life. Maybe God doesn't really love me. That might not be something we articulate, or it might be, but it's something that we often feel. What, what about the love of God? Why am I going through all these things? What have I done that's so bad? What's the problem? Maybe you even come to the point of questioning God's existence. Listen, we've all been there. Don't, don't get condemned when those thoughts jump into your mind. They're just thoughts that come into your mind. And so we, we, we can look at all these things. And as I read that the other day, I, just, I never thought of it this way. He's telling us it has nothing to do with any of that. Do you know why you have tribulation? You're here on planet Earth. You are living uh, in these times. We live in three dimensions. This is something that I think we need to remember because it can really mess us up if we don't. And that is we live in our day. We live in our life. We live in our families, our jobs, our circumstances, whatever we're going through, whatever we enjoy, whatever pressures, whatever uh, whatever love, whatever rejoicing. We live in that. That's, that's our, our reality is this... Uh, anywhere from 1 to 120 year span of existence, we live here, wherever you are today. If you happen to be listening, I think some may, from, from Kenya, where we spend a lot of time, your reality is a little bit different than our reality. But you live there. We live here. 
And so the other thing is we live in a spiritual reality. Uh, Paul said that we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We are there now. We are spirit beings. We live in a spiritual reality. Jesus said to us, we are not, uh, Father, he, when he was praying in the, in the 17th chapter, he said, Father, don't take them out of the world, but they're not of the world just as I'm not of the world. Don't take them out but protect them while they're in it. We live in a spiritual dimension while we're living in our lives. But the third dimension we live in is history. Whatever happens to be going on in history at that time, we're a part of it. And we sometimes seem to think that as Christians, history shouldn't affect us. But history has always affected whoever's living at that given time. Um, the Jewish people living during the days of the Holocaust. Christians living right now in places like China and other places in the world where they're being persecuted. That's their history. Our history in the United States has been that we are a, a free nation, a nation of liberty that we we can worship as we want. It's been a, a Christian nation uh, by and large. Now, uh, it really wasn't founded as a Christian nation. It was founded as a nation for religious liberty. But uh, the, the overwhelming amount of people in the United States are from a Christian background, and it's been a place where there's been a tremendous move of the Spirit. We've had uh, tremendous churches, places we can go. Well, some of that is being tested right now, but we live in history. And so we have to understand, Jesus said, if you're in the world, you're going to have tribulation. And that's the other thing. So that, that's the thing that, uh, the second thing that we can look at to bring us peace. It's not that everybody's against us, and it's not that there's something wrong with you today. I want you to know God loves you today. God cares about what you're going through, and he's working on it. And the more we stand and believe him, the more we can rise above these things. Uh, but uh, we need to understand, why is it happening? Because we're in the world. He says, in the world, in the world, you will have tribulation. Let me take just a few moments to talk about what the world is. Uh, the Bible speaks of the earth and its fullness, that God owns the earth and its fullness. God created the earth. God made this place. Uh, God didn't give it to the devil. God actually gave it to Adam. He gave it to man. He spoke to Adam in Genesis chapter 1 and said, uh, let us, or, or about Adam, and he said, let us make man in our image and let them have dominion. Let them have the rule. They're supposed to be the ones. We're the ones who are supposed to be in charge of this thing. However, when man fell, he gave that dominion over to another being by the name of Satan, and Satan became the god of this world. Paul and Jesus both called him that. Satan is the one who is in control of the world. But what is the world? The world is not the earth. The world is the system that's controlling the earth. The world is the system that's influenced by our adversary, the devil. And I'm not saying everything in it is satanic. I'm saying that there is a, an influence uh, over the world, whatever, whether it's good or bad. The, the system that controls the world or controls the earth is the world. And that's our problem. That's where all these things come against us. That's where we see all these things happening and uh, we have tribulation. Why? Because we're in the world. We can't get away from that. We're living here. So when I look at what's going on around me, I can say, you know what, Jesus? You're in control of this. 
This is only happening because I'm in the world. I may have made mistakes. I may have committed a sin. I may need to repent of something. By all means, do those things. I may need to learn and grow. But the tribulation that we're facing today, in particular, it has nothing to do with somebody being against you other than our adversary. It has nothing to do with God doesn't love you. It has nothing to do with you're just too bad. You're just so bad that, that he can't do anything for you. It has everything to do with the fact, my brother and sister, we're living in the world today, and in the world, you will have tribulation. So, not only is the devil our problem, but there's something else that's our problem, and that is the world is our problem. Now, look at the very last part of this verse, and this is where we're going to pick it up next time, and this is where we can really see that uh, there's, there's peace in all this. Why can we have peace? Let's read the whole verse just to get the, the, the thing in context. These things... Have I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. And if you look for the blog post that corresponds to this, that's the title of it, and that will be the title of this. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Who has? Jesus has. But who has he overcome the world for? Who is he doing What is when he goes to the cross, when he deals with all the things? And, and that's something else to remember. Jesus is still facing the worst thing he ever would go through, the cross. And yet he says, I already have overcome the world. Now listen, Jesus didn't overcome the world just for himself. Jesus overcame the world for you and for me. Jesus overcame the world so that we could walk in victory. Jesus overcame the world so that we could have peace in the midst of all this trouble. Jesus overcame the world. And if he overcame the world, then we know we can overcome whatever's happening in the world because we're in him and he's in us. Listen, we are living in a time of great opportunity as well as great pressure. We are living in a time where God wants to move in the world like no other time. This is not a time for us to, to back down or to give up on our faith or to decide that God doesn't love us and we're just going to try and get by. This is a time for us to rise up in victory. Uh, when In our blog uh, posting, we talked about being more than a conqueror, and Paul said, I am more than a conqueror, but he said it in the middle of all kinds of problems. He listed all of these things, shipwreck and nakedness and hunger and beatings and all of those things. He said, in that, I am more than a conqueror. Why would he say that? Because Christ overcame the world. Even though we have to live in history, we don't have to be dominated by history. And so today, I want you to give some time. Read chapter 16 of the uh, Gospel of John and give some time to this thought that if Jesus overcame the world, if he's the one, when he was raised from the dead, he said, all authority, all power has been given unto me both in heaven and the earth. He's the dominant spiritual force. The devil thinks he is, but he's not. And I'm going to tell you something. Even in this time, the devil is already overplaying his hand. Jesus has overcome the world, and you can overcome the world too. The first step is to believe. Number one, this isn't happening me to me because uh, somebody's against me or because I'm not good enough or because God doesn't love me. Number two, that uh, this is coming upon me because I'm in the world, but thank God. Hallelujah. I just want you to confess that today. Go through When you face something, say, thank God. In the world, we've got some tribulation, but my Savior, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, has overcome the world. God bless you. We're going to be doing this some more. Let us know if you uh, if this is something that is a blessing to you, uh, but uh, 
right now. That's all for today. So have a great day in Christ. Let God's love and power come upon you because Jesus has overcome the world.